afternoon or morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Patsy the Angry Nerd, and welcome to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. With me, as always, is the Peach Quantum Zombie Hunter, <laughs> the Ironborn Agent Nicole. I was just going to say, if you didn't say that, I was going to say I am Peach Quantum Zombie Hunter. Yes, and welcome to the Rhinestone Sushi Hamster Club. <laughs> Woo! Joining us also, as you may have just heard, is the zombie bride, uh, sorry, vampire bride 9000, the uh, mistress of Merlot, Ashes Von Nightmare. Hello, everybody. Uh, We are also joined, as usual, because we keep him prisoner. He's pretty much an indentured servant at this point, Johnny Wolfenstein. Hey, everybody. What's up? I'm here. I'm chained to the desk, as always. Totally indentured. Yep. Uh, we are also joined by a, uh, a guest who graced us on one of our earlier shows, and that is Miss Stephanie. Don't confuse me with a coyote, Wiley. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that once in my life. Well, maybe you should. Why, start. why would someone confuse me with a coyote? Well, you know, you have similar names, and some people might think that you were related. I don't we think s- that, but we, we have similar names. Wiley, y- you've met a coyote named Stephanie before? No, I've uh, I, I know of a coyote named Wiley. He's quite famous. Oh, see, I'd, I've never heard of him. Well, this is news. Yeah, he's a uh, a poor representation of the Acme uh, <coughs> Corporation. He just, I mean, he's a hell of a patron to them. But hmm. so is how- there anywhere I can find out more about this coyote? Is like in a is there like maybe a zoo I can visit? Uh, there's possibly a zoo, uh, it's, I don't know, I don't know if Toontown has zoos. I'm not sure how animal dynamics tend to work, um, in, in animated features, because sometimes they can talk and are sentient, and other times they are pets, so, even to other animals that they should not be pets to. Huh. Well, you know, we make great pets. Yeah, yeah, I mean, everybody wants a coyote. Hmm. In upstate New York, they are referred to as koi dogs. Like a fish? Kind of, but spelled differently. Yeah. So, Stephanie, Hmm. how you been? It's been a while since you've you've been on. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, I'm good. I'm still hashtag Team Agent Nicole. (laughs) Yeah, Um, we didn't expect that to change. Uh, good. I hope you didn't, because I don't, you know, I don't plan on changing anytime soon. Uh, to quote somebody else, she could probably literally shoot someone in the middle of Times Square. Still be hashtag Team Agent Nicole. She's not losing any votes. Um, so yeah, I'm good, chilling. You know, had a lovely Christmas. Spent some time away from Atlantis. Got out from under the sea. Uh, you know, left my crustaceans behind. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing all right. You know, we. Uh... I think the last time we uh, had you on the show was uh, Rock and Shock weekend, so that was a good time. Yes, it was lovely. Uh, rock and Shock is always a great time. Oh yeah. If you don't like Rock and Shock, I don't think I like you. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's that's a fair statement. Yeah, I'm standing by it. Actually, I'm sitting by it, but yeah, I'm sitting by it. So we are uh, we are still uh, in mourning over. Our, uh, our our beloved Carrie Fisher, yeah, who passed away uh, 
shortly before New Year's because 2016 was a dick. And if you listen to our last couple of shows, we found out about her her heart attack right after we finished recording one show about how 2016 was such a fucking dick. And then we started the show by really hoping that nothing bad happened to her in the time that we recorded and the time that the show aired. Unfortunately, she passed away. So we decided that we were going to do a, a a tribute episode to uh, not only Princess Leia, but also Carrie Fisher, because, you know, while she did, you know, uh, command the screen with her, her amazing performance uh, over multiple decades as Princess Leia, she was also a champion for you know, many different causes. You know, she wasn't just a one-dimensional uh, actress. You know, there was a lot more to her that not everybody knows about. And, you know, we wanted to, uh, you know, really have a, a a lot of female perspective on this show, which is why, you know, Stephanie, we asked you to come on, because I know you're a fan of, of Carrie Fisher, not just for her acting, but for what she contributed to uh, the world at large. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm a girl. Yes, which was uh, also... Part of the uh, criteria, right? Well, I mean, you know... Very helpful. Yeah, it, it, it helps, hurt. it helps, you know. <laughs> you know it, doesn't, Asha, it doesn't hurt. Asha said we should have a girl power episode, and I was like, I know some girls. So, you know, we uh, got some girls <laughs> on the show. I know some girls. That's not creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a factual statement, I mean... So, Ashes, I see you have a, a, a tome of notes. Uh, would you like to? Uh, Holy guacamole! Start off and tell us about some uh, some of the things that Carrie Fisher uh, may not uh, for folks who are fans of Princess Leia may not be aware of uh, Carrie Fisher. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, like Carrie Fisher, in my eyes, is just like a national uh, treasure. Um, she's yeah. She has done so much in the way of mental health and feminism and ageism and body positivity. And she was just so funny at the same time. She had this way of presenting everything in such a lighthearted manner. And I will forever love her for that. Um, she's just, she's just absolutely wonderful. So without for further ado excuse me i'm losing my voice a little bit here um but without further ado uh here's a little bit about carrie fisher um she was born on october 21st 1956 in burbank california to eddie fisher and debbie reynolds and she likes to tell people to simple folk yes yeah (laughs) she's she's very modest Uh, people of the land when Fisher was two years old, uh, her parents famously divorced. Her father actually left her mother famously for uh, Elizabeth Taylor. Itch. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love Elizabeth Taylor as far <laughs> as her acting and stuff goes, but y- y- yes, in this instance, yes. Taking it way back, kids, this was the original Angelina and, and uh, Jennifer. Pretty yeah, much, yeah. yes. Yeah, that, that's this is OG. Yes. Yep. And it was actually Carrie Fisher who persuaded her mother, Debbie Reynolds, to forgive Elizabeth Taylor for everything. Because, I mean, technically, it's not Elizabeth Taylor's fault that her dad 
was a dog. Was, yeah. And, and it's funny because Carrie Fisher will come right out and say it, you know, oh, yeah. uh, which is just fantastic. Um, one thing I did not know, I, I kind of assumed about her, but I did not know about her was she actually was, she was a big bookworm. Yeah, she mm-hmm. spent her earliest years reading classic literature and writing poetry. She attended Beverly Hills High School until the age of 15 when she appeared as an extra in the Broadway revival of Irene in 1973, which starred her mother. Her time on Broadway interfered with her education, resulting in Fisher's dropping out of high school. In eight night, oh my goodness, I apologize. In 1987, she published her first novel, Postcards from the Edge. The book was... It's a goddamn classic. Yes, it's amazing. I haven't read the whole thing, but I've read excerpts, and I cannot wait to pick it up. Um, the book was semi-autobiographical in the sense that she fictionalized and satirized real-life events such as her drug addiction of the late 1970s and her relationship with her mother. It became a bestseller, and she received the L.A. Penn Award for Best First Novel. In 1990, she wrote the adapted screenplay. She also published the novel Surrender the Pink in 1990 and Delusions of Grandma in 1993. She was also one of the top script doctors in Hollywood working on screenplays of other writers. Oh, excuse me. She did uncredited polishes on movies from 1991 to 2005. She wrote and performs in her one-woman play, Wishful Drinking, from 2006 to 2008. Fisher published her autobiographical book, also titled Wishful Drinking, which is such a witty title, uh, based on her successful play in December of 2008. At the time of her death, she had actually been preparing a sequel to her one-woman play. Uh, Her memoir, The Princess Diarist, was released in November of 2016. The book is based on diaries she kept while filming the original Star Wars trilogy in the late 70s and early 80s. It's not much of a memoir, though. It's really just about Harrison Ford. Really? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I read it on my plane home from Ohio. But I feel like I feel like that's all I would want, you know, like. The just, just I, I kind of yeah the, the details, and I don't even want like the hairy details. I just kind of want no. Her... This is like like we'll talk about it a little bit, but like this is like the book that every younger woman needs to read. It is on my Kindle wish list. So it's been on I, my. I finished it on the plane ride, so like yeah. I send it to you. <laughs> Sweet. It's been on my list for you know pretty much since it came out, and her. Her her books are, are very difficult to find right now. Like a lot of them are, are yeah. in reprint yeah. because they have sold out, which is which is awesome because she is she's a brilliant writer. So definitely read her stuff and you know continue to support her because her daughter is also amazing, Billy Lord. Yes, um, you know so to continue to to support Carrie Fisher even after her passing in you know in her memory. Um, but one of the amazing things that I think Carrie Fisher did was she publicly discussed her diagnosis of bipolar disorder and her addictions to cocaine and prescription medications. She has said that her drug use was a form of (coughs) self-medication. She used pain medications to quote, dial down the manic aspect of her bipolar disorder. She even spoke on this topic to thousands of psychiatrists assembled for the American psychiatric 
Psychiatric, I'm sorry, excuse me, Association's annual meeting in May of 2004 in New York City. She was quoted saying, drugs made me feel normal and they contained me. She revealed that she would have turned down the role of Princess Leia had she realized it would give her the celebrity status that made her parents' lives difficult and made her relatively uncomfortable. She has been open about receiving electroconvulsive therapy or ECT treatments. At one point, she received ECT every six weeks to, in her words, blow apart the cement in her brain. Uh, She revealed in an interview that she used cocaine during the filming of The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, She's quoted saying, slowly I realized I was doing a bit more drugs than other people and losing my choice in the matter. Mm. In, in 1985, after months of sobriety, she accidentally overdosed on a combination of prescription medication and sleeping pills. She was rushed, she was rushed to the hospital, creating the turn of events that led to much of the materi- material in her novel and screen pe- screenplay, Postcards from the Edge. In 98, she checked herself into rehab. This was not her first stint in rehab, and I believe it would not be the last. Um, and... Most of all, in 2016, Harvard College gave Fisher its annual Outstanding Lifetime Achievement Award in Cultural Humanism, noting that her forthright activism and outspokenness about addiction, mental illness, and agnosticism have advanced public disclosure on these issues with creativity and empathy. Long story short, Carrie Fisher is a fucking badass, and maybe she she be remembered as such. Yes, I agree. One of my favorite things that I heard about her was some advice that she gave to Daisy Ridley <clears throat> after uh, after you know the Force Awakens came out. She was like, "Be very selective in your dating because there are a lot of guys out there that just want to say they you know that when she dealt with it, she goes, "There's a lot of guys out there that just want to say they fucked Princess Leia." Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that was one of the first things that she, because uh, she, there was a story that she shared with him, with with uh, Daisy Ridley that was like, you know, she was out somewhere and she ran into somebody and they were like, oh, I'm a huge fan and, oh, you know, I think about your character all the time, sometimes three to four times a day. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she's like, wait, what do I say to that? Like, thank you. Like, yeah, like, how do you, how do you, how do you respond to that? That's not cute. And. uh there's but fanboys are not creepy at all, guys. Oh no, not at all. There's a there's an interesting bit of trivia about her. Um, <clears throat> she was actually cast as Carrie, and Sissy Spacek was cast as uh, Princess Leia. But Carrie Fisher was uncomfortable doing a nude scene, while Sissy Spacek was less uncomfortable doing that. So they essentially just swapped roles because I think they were auditioning down the hall from each other. No, um, so she actually talks about that in the new book, The Prince's Diarist, and they were auditioning at the same time, but George Lucas and Brian De Palma were casting together, like, literally in the same room. Okay, see, I... I and and talking to uh, actresses at the exact same time. Okay, see, I, I... Which is probably helpful to Lucas, because he's not a very talkative kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew, and Brian I knew De Palma's were... a little more forthright, so <laughs> they apparently were interviewing them at the same time. I knew they were in close proximity to each other. I knew it was like something like that. I guess I, my my facts were not as accurate as yours because yours obviously came from her directly. 
Right. And she she never said she didn't say that she was cast as Carrie. She said she did read for both of them, and she thought it would be amusing if Carrie was cast as Carrie. But it never she never said she was actually like signed for Carrie. She was actually surprised that she landed Princess Leia because she, in her own self deprecating way, she says you know she started like rambling when she was talking and being herself. And of course, like why would they want her? And then she gets the call and then gets a script and was kind of freaking out, like, okay, cool, like, what is this going to be? And then eventually she did land Princess Leia, but she never said that she was actually cast as Carrie. She did say that they were both auditioning at the same time in the same place and that uh, she she did read uh, she did read for both, I think, but she didn't really ever get too far down the path for Carrie. Okay, so my, my source was not as accurate as yours. Well, to be fair, she did do electroshock therapy, and she did say that each time she did a session... It only took a small slice of four, uh, four months of memory, so maybe she didn't remember accurately. Fair enough. So, <clears throat> what about you, uh, uh, Nicole? Do you have any other um, exposure to Carrie Fisher outside of the Star Wars films? No, I mean, I've I've taken multiple... Like, my degree in in life is psychology, and we've mentioned bipolar and... Um, Carrie Fisher was mentioned a lot, and we talked about, you know, the differences and all that. And, I mean, for her to just be straight out and say, you know, I have this illness, it's part of who I am. And it's, it's a, you know, I give her kudos for just being honest about it, because especially in today's society, I know Ashes and I were talking about this earlier, is, you know, mental, mental illness, mental health is still a struggle that, you know, society doesn't accept it and for her to be honest about it and talking about it openly it you know it paves a way to being exposed more right there's still sorry i don't mean to cut you off there's still the stigma around mental health and for carrie fisher to be like you know what fuck your stigma yeah fuck you this is real and i'm going to talk about it and i'm going to talk about it as a person who not only you know suffers with it but is living with it dealing with it on a daily basis and i'm gonna i'm gonna paraphrase right now but she um was in, in an interview with uh, somebody um, they asked her about you know she had gained weight over yep. the years which I mean if you're going to ask a woman about her body and gaining weight you can go fuck yourself Spread, because yeah, it's none of your goddamn business but anyways somebody had the audacity to bring it up and she said flat out it's the medication that she was on Controlling her bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. And she said, I can either be skinny and suffer or I can be pretty much be fat and happy and be happy for her her family and for her child and for all of those who are important, you know, to her in her life. And I thought that was the best answer ever. I agree. You know, kind of like a very nice, polite way. I mean, granted, you know, she didn't have to be polite. She could have easily just said go fuck yourself but you know a nice polite way of saying go fuck yourself you know like i'm trying to live my best life yeah you know and i'm going to be medicated and if this is the result of being medicated then so be it you know i'm happy my family's happy and i'm here yeah so um I, i think that her contributions and the way that she was so blunt about talking about it Mm -hmm. as well Uh, I mean she was just a blunt person to begin with which is one of the things that I love about her Um, but just 
the way she approached certain things and she had this humor about her as mm-hmm. well so you know she, she was she, honest she, about herself and that and you know that's that's something a lot of people can look up to is you know she wasn't afraid to say this is who i am and accept me if you want if you don't accept me we'll go fuck yourself right and at the same time you know while she's doing this i mean not only did she, has she portrayed very strong female roles Mm -hmm. uh, but she became a very strong female role you know like she became a very strong presence in so many ways Mm -hmm. and i think that you know some of us will forever be grateful for to to carrie fisher for what she's done Mm -hmm. and those who aren't just don't know yeah exactly i thought you know one of my favorite roles of hers i mean aside from leia uh, is the role she played in the Blues Brothers, where she just kept trying to kill Jim Belushi the whole time. <laughs> Not that I blame her. <laughs> well, no, he was kind of a jerk to her. <laughs> but, I mean, I th- rocket launcher, little excessive. <laughs> uh, you got what you got to do. Um, I, I think the best part about Carrie Fisher, though, is not necessarily that she did these things because she did, and that's a great, but a lot of celebrities do a lot of things. Um, I think sometimes it's the way you go about them mm-hmm. that is more important to me. And the way that she represented herself and the way that she existed in this world was very honest and very authentic and very true to herself. And she would swear a lot and she would be herself. And she didn't make it a point to go out and be like, so I have bipolar. If you should feel sorry for me or I donated money to a charity. You should like think I'm amazing. She just lived her life and did so in a way that people could respect. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was never okay. a show or a <clears throat> spectacle. It was more, and it would be to the thing like where someone would ask her a question, like, "Well, you've gotten, you don't look like Leia anymore," and she's like, "Bitch, it's been thirty years. What do you want?" Exactly. Um, yeah. Yes. Like, heaven forbid that a woman actually, like, I don't know, exist and have a family and birth a child and you know exists for her thirty years and not look the same, and that she didn't realize that signing on to play that part meant that she had to look for look like Leia for the rest of her life. Uh, and so I think that to me is really like she did a lot of fantastic things and she represented a lot of fantastic things and things that I really, really appreciate look up to, but it's the way in which she did them. There was no ostentatiousness to them. It was just, I'm going to live my life and I'm not going to be sorry. Right. She was, so she was very in your face. And I love that. But but without being in your... You know, that was just her personality. She was very brash. Uh, but one of the things I loved about her was she didn't feel... Like, like being pretty, being perceived as pretty was not her top priority. And I love that about her. Like mm-hmm. that has actually you know, given me the confidence to be like, fuck, I'm not wearing makeup today because I'm more than just pretty. You know what I mean? Like women are more than just pretty you know be more than just pretty and you know she didn't feel like she had to put on a show for any anybody and i i absolutely just i find that so empowering you know i don't have to be pretty for you i don't have to be pretty for anyone i can present myself however the fuck i want to present myself you know on that day and well you're gorgeous no matter what well i i appreciate that thank you i have snots coming down on my nose right now but i i appreciate that um i know it's, it's very sexy um but you know, she was just. She was the anti diva. 
with everyone right now is so obsessed. I, I actually think that's completely wrong. I don't think she was the anti-diva at all. I think she was the epitome of diva in an authentic way. I think a lot of divas are fake and for show. She just existed in her world, and you were going to accept her, or you weren't, but you weren't going to fuck with her. No, I meant like in the way of you know she wasn't like well here's my rider in a do all of in these a Kardashian yeah she's like she's like in a Kardashian obsessed world she is she's the antithesis right. of that, and I think that's what I love about her most is you know in a world where. Um, Everyone is obsessed with selfies and makeup contouring and, you know, uh, trying to get the best lighting and the best angle and, you know, doing all of this, trying Stuff to, to present. I actually don't know how to do you know, <laughs> Trying to present <laughs> yourself. Nobody know how to do it. Don't worry. Right. And you know what? And, and, and it's okay. Like, it's okay. Like, I, me personally, I love wearing makeup. I love doing that. I consider it an art. But, um, you know, and, and, and if you're into that stuff, that's okay. But it's also okay to not be into that stuff. Mm-hmm. And Carrie, for sure. I mean, like, you know, there are some times when she's on the red carpet and she is dressed to the nines and then there are times when she's on the red carpet and you know she's not and you know what it's okay and you know for she is what little girls should be looking up to i guess that's what i'm trying to say long story short like in a kardashian obsessed world we need more carrie fishers yes yes but the thing about that, though, is like she talked a lot about her own self-esteem. And one of the things, too, is she's talked about when even when she was, you know, full on slave Leia hot, you know, air quotes hot, like everyone perceived her as being this sex symbol. She didn't think she looked that great. And she says it's one of those things that like plagued her throughout her life. She never thought she looked that great, even when she looks back and looked like knows that she looks fantastic. She looked fantastic. But even then, she never felt like she looked that great. And I think... For a lot of, uh, especially younger women, if you go read her works, if you read her books and her thoughts, just read her thoughts, I think a lot of you will find that what she says really resonates. It really hits home and you're like, fuck, I totally know what you mean. Mm-hmm. I totally get it and I totally get you and thank you for having the balls to fucking say it um, and say it in a, in a way that's so... Um, unassuming and and safe like she says it in a way where she expresses it so that no one's going to feel particularly like threatened or challenged by what she's saying mm-hmm. she's simply saying this is how my this is my life and this is my experience she never really attacks anyone else for how they um, behave but she puts it out there and says like this is my experience this is my this is my life and my reality And if you read her works, I'm sure guys will get stuff out of it, too. But if you go through a lot of what she talks about, especially for women, you're going to find a lot of resonation there. Just reading her new book, um, it's predominantly about her uh, relationship with Harrison Ford. There's not a lot of down and dirty details, guys. I don't know how, how well Harrison Ford's hung. We'll have to continue to imagine and or wait for TMZ to break the story. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, but she really talks about her perspective and the emotions that she was going through being a baby. She was 19, mm-hmm. away from home in London, 
hooking up with a man who was 14 years her senior who was married with children. And it's also Harrison Ford who's perceived as being a bit emotionally unavailable um, in the general public. But, like, how she perceived that and the way that young her, the way that young Carrie was really seeking this man's affection um, and emotion and how she felt and the oscillations she would go through, um, I think, are, sh- are incredibly relatable. I can't say that I know of a young woman who has not had maybe not a sexual relationship, like not maybe a full-blown sexual relationship exactly like this, but a relationship and or an emotional relationship with a man like this. I don't think I know any woman who didn't kind of go through this, at least on some level herself. So I think it's incredibly worthwhile to read it. I don't. If you're looking for like the juicy details, you're not going to get them because it's really about how she was feeling and what she went through. And obviously you don't get his perspective. So um, it's not gory details. It's gory internal girl processing a situation that she was going through. Um, and I think it's really, really good. And it's a quick, really engaging, enjoyable read. I wrote, I read it between two flights from Ohio to Atlantis. I can't wait to read it. I yeah, really it sounds like wait. it's going to be good. Um, so I think that's a good place to kind of segue into a break. And then, because uh, I do think it's important to, to talk about, you know, the person behind the, the character sometimes. Um, well, especially yeah, especially in in this instance, because you know most people do know Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, but like we said, she was so much more than that, and she has become an icon. And may she forever continue to kick ass. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So yeah, like I said, I think uh, we'll take a break, and then when we come back, we are going to discuss the role that she is most well-known for, and that is, of course, Princess Leia. So, uh, Wolfie, if you will. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and trick-or-treat radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci. Deuce bad eggs. This is Bobby Chains, Uncle Polly, from the Unchained Podcast, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday. Hashtag Team Nicole. Be there or be Arthur.
<laughs> and we're back with uh, snorting Nicole. Yeah, we got a snort. I heard it. Yeah, and she's ready to spit her drink out. So that's <laughs> awesome. Not this time. She's going to clean all this stuff up and pay for all the equipment she ruins. So we are discussing one of the most impactful characters to my childhood. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? I would say that's uh, what I that's what I get all the comments for. A lot of a I lot of people's uh, a lot of people's childhood. I know uh, Wolfie is a big uh, Star Wars fan, and you know Wolfie, that, you've seen Star Wars. Um, I saw like a few minutes of it once on TV. Yeah, did you like it? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, you know, there's stars and there's some wars, so yeah, it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> See, big wars, I recall. I uh, I got into an argument with someone a while ago about whether or not Princess Leia is indeed a Disney princess. Uh-oh, this is like a f- cause for a lot of furor on the internet right now. Yes. Yeah. yeah because I was trying yeah. to get him to, to say... Quite the uproar. I was trying to... I, like, looked at him at work this today, and I was like, oh, boy, I well, really... Uh. I, did, I did some research, and I found out... Uh, and I actually... I, I buy into it. Um, there's a reason that Princess Leia cannot technically be considered a Disney princess. And I know what you're thinking. Yeah, Disney owns Star Wars. She, is it is it because right she's not animated? That's part of it. Uh, there are uh, a few criteria that you have to have in order to be considered a Disney princess. Uh, one, you must be the lead female character in an animated Disney film. So that took a character like Princess Leia and also uh, the girl from uh, Giselle. Enchanted. Giselle from Enchanted. And part of the reason uh, that you have to be an animated character is that uh, you have to be portrayed in the Disney park, you know, by an actress. But Amy Adams is Giselle. Carrie Fisher is Princess Leia. Yeah, but that logic actually doesn't hold because they could have anyone dress up as Leia. They could have. They anybody. could have a lot of girls that. Dr- they could have a lot of young women dressed up as Princess Leia. I mean, that shit ain't Ariel fucking walking around in Disneyland. Exactly. You. They can got a girl that kind of looks like her ish, and right. I say ish because after a few mimosas, it works. And that's the point <laughs> um, that they make. You can have someone interpret an animated character. It's harder to interpret an actual person. So, well, I mean, you've been to fucking Comic Con. No, no, I understand, but Comic Con <laughs> and say, Disneyland the, is a little right, different. With the right makeup and prosthetic, you can be anyone. Um, so then, what did they do in the last Star Wars movie? What is that called? I, I, I would be impressed if they could CGI a Leia all around the Disney park. I mean, they probably have the money for it's it. Disney, they can do it. Uh, second one is you. That's a lack of motivation, not a lack of ability. I'd say, yeah, you could have like a li- like a little uh, walking around easily do that. Yeah, have like a Roomba that like projects a a, a, a hologram out of it, like and just and have that's it just walk our around. dumbass. Better yet, you can have you can have little R two D twos walking around. Well, not walking around, but rolling around. Yeah, and then projecting like little the message. Says, yeah, projecting yeah. the hologram. I like my Roomba. We haven't idea. even spent three minutes on this, and we fixed it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so their next, and that's us. Their next criteria is uh, you must be human, uh, and that's why... She's technically human. She is, 
But that's why Tinkerbell got taken out of the princess rank. She was a Disney princess for a while, but then got but taken Tinkerbell out. Tinkerbell ain't a princess. There, there, there's a lot of lore and shit, but that's when they came up with the rules, they took Tinkerbell out. Yeah, but but like people dress up as Tinkerbell in the park and like walk around as yeah. her and stuff. Right, so. and but there are a lot, of... a lot. And she's on the show of Once Upon a Time. They right. use her as a yes. huge role. So. But Goofy, they have somebody walking around as Goofy, and he's not a Disney princess. So that doesn't that argument doesn't really hold up. Minnie is not a Disney princess, but they have agreed her walking around. But neither is fucking Tinkerbell, and no one ever should have said she was because she ain't never been a Disney princess. But they, she was, and they revoked her status when they come up with these rules. So Which yeah. just seems quite savage. Like, who goes and, it like, is. retroactively strips you of your title? What a fuck Exactly. With. The next is you can't have been introduced in a sequel. So, oh, sorry, oh, Ariel's daughter, even though you're the daughter of a human and a half-fish monster. So, you, you know... You can't be, which I don't get. Like you have to be human, but Ariel's a half-human fish monster, and she can be a fucking Disney princess. She's not a monster. She's a mermaid. Hello. That's a fish monster. She's also a hoarder, but that's another episode. (laughs) And how the fuck did Flounder get a goddamn statue into that fucking room? Hey, let's talk about Princess Leia. So next is (laughs) you must be born into or marry into royalty, or in the case of Mulan, perform. An act of heroism. Yay. So, like, there's exceptions because they don't want to leave a minority out. That's priceless. So, well, no. Minority clause. Here are here are the, the ones that are considered a Disney well, they princess. They ain't got no other Asian Disney princess. They had to include her. Otherwise yes, they do. Like yes, they Who? do. Uh, Jasmine is an Asian Disney princess. Because, Technically, that's a different kind of Asian, but, but okay. But it's fine. still Asian. Um, sure, and yet you would... You would Alienate quite a large mass of people saying that one is a princess and one isn't. But thanks for playing. Hey, these aren't my rules. I'm just reading off what Disney says. So here are the <laughs> list of princesses in order of their appearance. Snow White, Cinderella, Aurora, Ariel, Belle, Jasmine, Pocahontas, Mulan, Tiana, Rapunzel, Merida, Anna, and Elsa. And Anna and Elsa only just got in because they have to have, and this is no joke, at Disney, they have to have a fucking coronation to be crowned a princess. So even though they were technically princesses and you know fell into every single one of these uh, criteria, they were uh, not princesses until they were coronated. Now a lot of this. Well, has I've seen to the Princess Diaries, so that seems to be true. A lot yeah. of this <laughs> has to do with uh, box office success, but. Box office success, even though during, like, the golden age of Disney, like the Renaissance era, which kind of saved them, so from 1989 to 1999, starting with The Lion King. Nicole has her hand uh, raised. What is your question, Nicole? Can we talk about Princess Leia instead of Disney Princess? Oh, I'm just, I'm just getting through this one part, because this is my nerd part that, like, irritates me. Fun fact, when my sister was younger, she part? called Pocahontas, Pocahontas. <laughs> Uh, apparently that was relevant now. Nala from Lion King is not a princess, even though technically she's royal because there's only two lions. She's like leader two of male the bride. Li- right, but there's only two male lions anyways, so even if she's the cousin or sister of Simba, she's royalty one way or the other. And even if she's not, she married into him. Uh, Kida from the Atlantis movie with Michael J. Fox. Giselle from Enchanted, which we already went through. Uh, Meg from Hercules, and mainly because that movie was targeted uh, at boys, and Jane from Tarzan, despite the fact that A, Tarzan is the king of the jungle, and B, Tarzan is the heir to Arendelle from Frozen. So, 
those are some other snubbed Disney princesses that uh, did not get in. So Leia's not the only one who got screwed out of being a Disney princess. Who said she screwed out of it? Like, did we even want her involved in that shenanigans? Like, well, I don't. Well, Actually, here's, here's I, I agree why. with you. Well, no, here's the reason why. You walk into a Disney store and you can get shit tons of Disney princess merchandise. You know whose merchandise yeah. you can't get? Fucking Princess Leia. No Princess uh, Leia shit. You can get Han, you can get Luke, you can get all the fucking bad guys you want. No goddamn Princess Leia. I can get a fucking Sleeping Beauty doll, but I can't get a fucking Princess Leia if I want to. I will, to. okay. And, hold but on. I'm okay with that still, because who makes money off of Princess Leia merchandise now? Disney. This thing go fuck themselves. If they want to make Princess Leia merchandise and maybe have it benefit a cause that Carrie was passionate about, and or support like uplifting things for women instead of promoting unrealistic beauty standards and really seriously, seriously fucked up self-esteem issues and a need to constantly be rescued by really hapless, unattractive douchebag men... Um, that would be great. Yeah, but she's not. She's not the only one. There's no Ray stuff. There's no Black Widow. Ray's not stuff. a princess, right? But, but there's Black no. Not a princess. It doesn't matter. It's in the title, Princess Leia. <laughs> I, I know. Okay, but what so I'm saying is they don't have their stuff, and it would be nice if they, you know, had a little more, you know, uh, diversity in their in their merchandise. No, I okay. And so yet, getting, the vagina contingency here is saying we don't want her to be an official. Disney princess. Okay, so getting back to Princess Leia, I actually agree with that because as a young girl who looked at Princess Leia as the alternative to the Disney princesses, you know, I enjoyed the Disney princesses, but I couldn't relate to them. You right. know, they, they weren't what I wanted to look up to. Watching Star Wars. Did you have a single princess, talking animal? Princess? No, I, 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 I wished. You know, <laughs> I mean, like uh, technically, my cats talk now, but I'm the only one who can understand. Them, you know, it's that's that's a story for another zombie text. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> but anyways, you know, Princess Leia offered a what I consider as an adult a healthy alternative to yeah. the Disney princesses. And as a child, I was heavily obsessed with Barbie, and I was very, 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 very bummed that I could get a doll of all of the other, you know, you could go and you walk into a store and obviously this was before Disney bought Star Wars and all of that stuff. But, you know, you could walk into a store and you could find a plethora of Disney princess dolls. You could not find any Princess Leia dolls targeted towards, you know, female consumers and so I would turn my, you know, I would buy just like basic brunette Barbies and put their hair in buns and, you know, alter, alter Barbies clothes. I think I bought like a wedding dress or something and like altered it with same. Like my, I, my mom wouldn't let me like sew at that point because yeah. I was too young. But, um, you know, I, I altered it with like glue and shit, you know, and, and made uh, my own Princess Leia doll. You know, in lieu of, you know, I mean, I, I also had some of the Disney dolls and stuff as well, but it was important to me to have Princess Leia represented, you know, in my collection because she meant that much to me as a child, you know, of, of like four or five when, you know, I could watch the movies and kind of s- comprehend mm-hmm. a little bit more, you know, what was what was going on and the content and how commanding this character was and one of the things I love about Princess Leia is she doesn't take any crap from 
anyone. She demands to be respected because she is a very respectable person. And how dare you talk to her that way? Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I couldn't wait to get on the playground. <laughs> and like, you know, when everyone's like, I want to be Princess Snow White or I want to be this person. And I'm like, dude, I'm Princess Leia, bitch. I mean, I probably didn't talk like that because my would have you were just my mouth. It. Yeah, you know, I would have had my mouth washed out with soap. But you know, which I mean, was the worst. It really was the worst. Oh, like, the yeah. worst. Mine yeah. was out of hot sauce, and I would just ask my mom for more. <laughs> it was actual like freaking ivory spring soap it was awful it was awful yeah, to this day i can't eat soap without thinking about you know being in trouble yeah yeah which as you could guess is difficult for patrick yes luckily he still has paste mm-hmm. see my issue with with you know part of your uh your logic as to why she shouldn't be a princess is um or why should they shouldn't have her action figures about you know her being this, you know, uh, this strong-willed, independent woman that doesn't have to rely on somebody. The way Lucas wrote her in uh, Return of the Jedi nearly ruined that character. Because for the first two movies, she's this badass leader of the rebellion, you know, calling shots, you know, you know, doing everything she needs. She's outside fixing the ship when the ship needs to be fixed. She's, you know, uh, a, a general. She's doing all this shit. And then in the last movie, she completely abandons all of her plans to go rescue her boyfriend, then gets trapped, and then needs to be saved. Like, that was some bullshit. Because that is She totally, was doing just fine. But that was totally out of her character. Yeah, but you know what? In defense of the character and in defense of Carrie Fisher portraying that character, she actually had, when she had issues with some of the dialogue, she would flat out say, I'm not saying that. She I will say, it. yeah, she's like, I will say it this way. But it's not the, I'm not talking about the dialogue. It has nothing to do with what she says. It's how she was portrayed. She also single-handedly killed the bad, the biggest badass gangster in the in the galaxy. Yeah, she, wow, she, like she murdered Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. yeah, she killed Jabba the Hutt, but only because everything else was going on. Like, I'm not, so, I'm just, I'm talking about, like, wait, the no, writing no, 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 take that back. She didn't do it only because everything else was going on. She did it. When she had her opportunity, right. <clears throat> she would have done it eventually, one way or the other. It's all about opportunity, though. And she was mostly naked, and she still kicked that freaking slug's ass. So, fun fact: they actually offered to have a body double stand in and do all of that action, the action parts for her. And she was like, "Absolutely not! I'm going to do that myself because who would pass up the opportunity to kill this huge monster on screen?" Yeah. Exactly. She calls it one of her like favorite on-screen moments ever because she got to, you know, she did everything herself, and she insisted on doing everything herself. Yeah, and I that's just, one of those things she talked about a lot was like me, dads would be like, what, what am I supposed to tell my daughter about you being in this like sex slavery outfit? And she's like, you tell him that I was subjugated by an awful evil slug monster. And then as soon as I could, I kicked his ass and I killed him. Exactly. And then I went and yeah, and then I went and I changed my clothes. I just didn't like the way she was written. Uh, you know, Leia is the type of character where it's like, yeah, Han is awesome and I really no, love not. him. He's kind of a shitty boyfriend, actually. But she loves him. He knows. Are you sure? He knows, and she knows. Yeah. And, you know, th- that whole beginning of that movie is, you know, her completely out of character. She'd be like, you know what? Han is captured. 
but they don't need me to go. Like, we already have Chewbacca, we have Lando, we have Luke, we have C-3PO, and we have R2. I don't need to go. I have a fucking rebellion to run. But see, here's... Okay, so in an interview with Rolling Stone in 1983, uh, Fisher was quoted saying, there are a lot of people who don't like my character in these movies. They think I'm some kind of space bitch. She has no friends, no family. Her planet was blown up in seconds, so all she has is a cause. From the first film, she was just a soldier, front line and center. The only way they knew to make the character strong was to make her angry. In Return of the Jedi, she gets to be more feminine, more supportive, more affectionate. So I think part of the issue was people, you know, and then you have to remember that the first Star Wars movie came out in the late 70s, 77. Right. So feminism wasn't as far as it is now. She's on the but so, that's, that's my excuse point. Me. Okay, hold hold that. I'm, I'm still talking, please. Hold that thought. Um, so feminim, feminism wasn't what it is now. And they tried to, you know, they, they wrote her as this strong, independent, I don't need no man type of character. And people didn't respond to it well. Because if you think about it, the majority of the Star Wars audience is male. So they're probably, you know, they're, they're the ones probably sitting there calling her, you know, to quote Carrie Fisher, a space bitch. While, you know, the small percentage of female Star Wars fans are looking at her like, wow, where has she been all my life? You know, this is exactly what, this is exactly what we need. This is exactly what I want to be. Um, so in order to appeal, you know, make this character appeal more to the male audience, they softened her character. So, you know, blame the franchise. Well, that's why it's, it's I, funny, too, because like men would be like, oh, what a space bitch. And the women would have been like, oh, what right? a space because bitch. Because it, 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 <laughs> it's, it's in Return of the Jedi that she wears the Slave Leia costume, yes. right? So talk about a complete 180 from fully covered, you know, in her I don't know, like white Senate gear dress, you know, that she was wearing. Um, no underoos. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's another story. <laughs> um you know, to being pretty much naked in Return of the Jedi. But that's, you know, my point is that it's not that, you know, I thought she was a space bitch or anything like that. My point is her character. Like, she refused to give up the location of the rebel base at the cost of all of her family and everyone she ever knew and her home fucking planet. She fed them false information, knowing that if they caught her in the lie, they were going to blow up her planet. I mean, they did it anyway. And her record collection, as she likes to note. Yeah. And then in the third movie, she just totally abandons that to go save well, her boyfriend. it sounds like you need to contact George Lucas. George Lucas! And, 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 and explain this to him. I'm sure he's had it explained to him. I don't think he understands anymore. And it's interesting to me that you have so, so much more of a problem with it than we do. Well, you know, I I look I'm just at Star Wars. I look at Star Wars and I look at it as, you know, uh, a story not just of the Skywalkers, but think about you know, I can look at that movie and I can say, Oh, it would be so great to be Han and fly the Falcon. Oh, it'd be so great to be Obi Wan and be so badass. Oh, it'd be great to be Darth Vader and be the, the, the fucking ruler of the goddamn you know, galaxy. Or it'd be great to be Luke and be so powerful in the force. It's like how many 
positive female role models are in that entire franchise. There's, I mean, just the first three movies alone, there are two women who are not uh, sex slaves, and then after the, the, in the third movie, there's only one mo- woman who's not a sex slave, and it's Mon Mothma, who is the, uh, sure. the, the lady at the, whose many Bothans died to bring us this information. But every other woman in this film is portrayed as a sex slave, and you know it was unnecessary to bring Leia, this strong, badass character, down to that level. Yeah, but you know what? I don't know. I disagree because if I think story dictating, and I think this is actually proven too, though. Like you have a problem with the fact that she like abandons everything to go rescue her boyfriend because it's out of character. But, but it, but story dictating. If the roles were reversed and Leia was kidnapped and turned into a sex slave. Everyone would come to her aid, and that's exactly what happens. She just has to save her damn self because they've been fucking it up. Um, standard boys. Um, <laughs> I hear that. Like, they fuck up the rescue. She actually succeeds pretty well on the rescue. Like, I, so I think that's actually pretty funny like, because they are so concerned about it. Because I, for, I think for me, um, being a little kid watching that, it was cool because this was the girl saving the stupid boy who got himself in over his head. Well, and not only that, like... In the first movie, they blow up her home planet. Everyone that she loves is now dead. So, yeah. And her record collection. And and her record. Like, that's important. That's some shit. Right? Um, Who goes there? You know, so she finds herself kind of, you know, bound to these people. These people have become not only her friends, but her, you know, her family. And then obviously she finds out that, you know, that technically one of them is her family. Spoiler. Um, yeah. If, dude, if you haven't seen Star Wars, you need to check yourself. Um, but anyways, so I think that's where it comes from. She kind of gets a little, you know, seeing her, her, I mean, her home planet like not just like her home but the entire planet the planet that she is princess of just completely like blown to smithereens like every person in the universe that she loves and cares for is gone like wouldn't you hold on to any shred of 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 any any of that like so so she she forms a bond she becomes friends with luke and and Han, and most importantly, the Wookiee. Okay, you know? and, again, and hold on, I'm not done talking. Go ahead. You know, like that's where it comes from. She wants to. She she wants to to, to take care and and save the people that she she cares about. And she's unlikely to find another one that cute. Okay, this so. is true. Okay, can we side note? Like Harrison Ford back in the day. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello. Temple of Doom, he was the best. Oh, uh, you know, he can. Uh, I, I digress. Anyways. So, but he's kind of the lamest boyfriend ever but in again. Star Wars. Like, I want to swing in on a little jungle vine, grab Leia and an Ewok, and just go off into the sunset together and be like, <laughs> fuck you, Solo. But, yeah. But here's. here's What a shitty boyfriend. Here's the point. Again, like, you're you're basically proving my point. She wouldn't betray the rebellion for her family that she grew up with and lived with and everyone that she holds dear, but she'll run off for this guy that she just met, like, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, she wouldn't betray, betray the rebellion because she knew, like, sure. it, 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 everyone was still there. You know what I mean? Like, like I, 
But she, she purposely gave them to go get him. She purposely gave them wrong information. Then she's like, "Hey, I know that I'm a general and I'm supposed to be leading the rebellion, and you know, you guys are all looking to me for your your instructions and what you're supposed to do. But hold off, I got to go save my boyfriend. Yeah, Even you know though what? I've got a Jedi, the only Jedi left in the galaxy, I've got uh, a, a Wookiee in you know in a in a secret clandestine spot. I've got a fucking two droids." And Lando Calrissian, but don't worry, I have to go too. I thought this was supposed to be a Princess Leia tribute episode, not let's it's shit all Carrie over Leia. Fisher tribute, a wee tribute episode. I was like, I don't like as a woman, and I'm, what I'm hearing from you as well, Ash, is that you as a woman don't feel this way. No, I, I absolutely. It's so wanna, funny I do that not coming at it from the complete opposite side of the table, where whereas we're like, well, shit, she ain't got nothing left. He's pretty cute. She doesn't have to betray anyone. It's just a little side romp to save her stupid boyfriend because he keeps getting into trouble. Right. Oh, and it's, you know, not only can she, she save her... She just moved on to Billy D. Williams. Not only can she save Maybe herself... Maybe she doesn't want but to. She it's can, about choice as a woman. Right. Not only can she save she herself, but she can save everyone else at the same time. Yeah. You know, without ruining her hair. Some of her hairstyles, hello. Oh, so fierce when she's got the halo. Oh, oh so my fierce. God. My favorite. And oh. to be fair, she's the one the who screwed up best. the plan, by the way. Uh, Luke was outside battling uh, dozens of bounty hunters, and Han was still blind and managed to kill Boba Fett. She's the one who got her own self caught, by the way. Just just drink your cider. It's already yeah. gone. I already drank it. <laughs> you didn't mention that she portrayed the badass bounty hunter, Boosh. Yeah. Right? So I have that action figure, <laughs> and I have the Funko Pop of uh, Boosh. Yeah, you're welcome. The mighty Boosh. You're welcome. But <clears throat> anyways... Um, she was just, I mean, she was so refreshing. Yes, I, I, that's exactly the word I was looking for, refreshing. She was I so refreshing. Sorry. Yep, go was, ahead, go I was ahead. I say, I loved the way J.J. Abrams portrayed her in The Force Awakens. I was just going to say that. The fact that uh, they took Princess Leia and made her General Leia, General of the Resistance. Like, Which is great, too, with the natural progression of time. And oh, so absolutely. And it's a real title, not just like, oh, hey, Han Solo, you're a general now. Luke, you're a general now. Lando, you're a general now. You like, get a general title. Yeah, you get like a general title. Everybody like, gets a general title. Like, that, that to me was some bullshit. Like, she legitimately earned it. All these guys did was just show up, and it's like, hey, look, I'm a general now. It's like, no, that's not the way, like, military works. That's not how anyone militaries. It's amazing she had time to move up in the ranks while off-saving her shitty boyfriend. Yeah. Who she didn't save. She totally saved him. I totally didn't. She she knows. Um, I mean, she was pretty goddamn awesome at the end of that when she was uh, helping break into the... See, that's when I liked her the most, when she was, like, breaking into the... Uh, you know, she got shot, and she's still like, oh, I'm going to shoot bitches anyways, because I know I got shot, but I'm still going to kill these fucking stormtroopers, because go fuck yourself. Well, and she taught me that, you know, if you ever encounter an angry small animal who seems vaguely aggressive, that if you give him a snack, he'll forever be your friend. Yeah, I just like how... Which has shaped my approach to life. <laughs> I just want to know... When Maybe I should stop feeding Patrick. When, when <laughs> did, him after midnight, please. When did the Ewoks <laughs> braid her hair, and where did they get the dress she wears? Like, because she certainly wasn't traveling with it. Like, she forgot her hat. 
Did you see the evolution of the Ewoks tree community? Them are some crafty ass bears, so they made it. But why would they have Obviously. it? Obviously, you cute. never know. Don't ask questions; they're just cute. <laughs> they made it. They're crafty as fuck. Do you see how many of them there are there? Like they got shit going on. They're None crafty. Of them they get nice around. Like they that. get around. It's for special occasions. Just accept it and move on. They have little outfits. Yeah, usually it's like a kerchief and a, and a hat made of bone. Who's to say? Who's to say they didn't have the the supplies? And Leia was like, "Oh, hey, I'll make my own dress." Oh, just let me let me use your uh, your Ewok sewing machine, and you know we'll hop. Maybe 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 they had a singer up in there. You know, you never know. That seems like no. Those little bears are hella crafty, dude. Look at that treehouse. That is amazing. I will live there. It was a pretty Please sweet keep the Ewoks. Like I will move in. I mean, they did make drums out of the uh, stormtrooper heads. Yeah, as they should. There were still heads in there, too. And they ate all them stormtroopers and served them for dinner. Not my problem. So I have a question for everybody. (coughs) What is your favorite Princess Leia slash General Leia scene throughout the whole trilogy? Well, that's not trilogy anymore, but... When she's taken charge in uh, uh, Empire. That could be any movie. When she's taken charge in Empire and they're like going through the, the Hoth base and she's like off doing her shit and she's getting pissed at at Han, and she yells at Chewie. She's like, someone get this walking carpet out of my way. And she's, you know, trying to convince Han to stay there. And he's like, that's because you like me. And she's like, no, you're a good leader. Like, don't be a dick. Like, just But she shouldn't here. take any time to go save him when he runs into trouble. No, he's a good leader, but you know who else is a good leader? Every fucking buddy else that she endangered in that same mission. So then she shouldn't have bothered trying to keep him there because everyone else is a good leader, so there's really no point to your scene. Did she keep him there? He ended up staying. Uh, no, he came back at the end he because he back. had a crisis of conscience, and I'm pretty sure Ashes, it was Chewie what is that your did favorite that. scene? Okay, so my favorite scene is when she and Han Solo are... Actually, I think most of my favorite scenes are when they're bantering back and forth. Yeah. Uh, it b- reminds me a lot of my real life at this point. Um, but <laughs> <Sorry>. anyway... <laughs> but when, he, when, when she calls him a nerf herder, mm-hmm. and, and I, I forget the exact line, but she was like, you, you scruffy, blah, 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 like nerf herder. And he was like, scruffy, you know? Um Ooh, scruffy looking. She's we just, you know, like any any opportunity that she had to just kind of exert her dominance, you know, mm. I just, I love that. I just absolutely love that. I, that's a good one. How about you, Stephanie? What is your favorite Princess Leia slash General Leia scene? So I'm going to actually go with the General Leia scene. It's a deleted scene that you can find um, for The Force Awakens mm-hmm. where she's telling one of her people that she needs to speak to the council and has a moment she's like they don't all think I'm crazy not all of them Um, and it's a a really fantastic Leia moment Mm -hmm. and a really fantastic Carrie Fisher moment Uh, because it's it's kind of where the two of them meet there's a bit of an intersection there and I I really appreciate it and thought it was very charming nice I have we'll have to find that it's probably it's is that on the uh, special features of the uh... yeah I believe so I've seen it a few places if you can't find it I can find it for you what about you there, uh, Agent Nicole? I feel like a... I, well, the thing is, I'm a Trekkie in a world of Star Wars lovers, so... but um, I'm sorry, excuse you? <laughs> You're not alone here, kid. I know. I love them both equally. They're just different, like my children. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think 
I don't remember which which movie it came from, but where they're kind of like up against the stormtroopers, and she like takes the blaster and just blasts a hole, and was like, "I'll fucking do it," and like trying to find an escape. I that was the first one. It was it the first <clears throat> one, yeah. So I like that one where she just takes control and was like, you know what, I'm going to save my ass. You guys can come along too. Yeah, like Somebody had to do something. Yeah. yeah. Like that was an awesome, awesome line. She's not wrong. No. Like they were just sitting there exchanging fire with the, the stormtroopers and she's like, you know what? Yeah, we're going down this trash chute. Are we, are we about to do another commercial? In a second. No. Um, in closing, <laughs> to kind of close out this whole Princess Leia discussion... Um, I kind of want to close with something that's been going around, but it's one of my like just all-time favorite Carrie Fisher Princess Leia moments, and it's a story that she tells. And she says, George comes up to me the first day of filming, and he takes one look at the dress and says, you can't wear a bra under that dress. So I say, okay, I'll bite. Why? And he says, because there's no underwear in space. What happens is you go to space and you become a weightless. So far, so good, right? But then your body expands, but your bra doesn't, so you get strangled by your own bra. Now, I think that this would make for a fantastic obituary, so I tell my younger friends that no matter how I go, I want it reported that I drowned in moonlight strangled by my own bra. <laughs> I enjoyed that quote. Yeah, that was great. So, long live Carrie Fisher, strangled by her own bra. Yeah. So I think on that note, it's uh, time for a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll uh, we'll wrap things up. Do you love the scary story? Do you love to dance? The big scary monster haunts at midnight is a collection of dark songs about sex, love, death, revenge, and the end of the world. Brought to you by the world's greatest monster hunting electroshock band. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna pretty much wrap this up. Um, well, are we gonna talk about the battle? I was going to, but if you'd like to, and before to, go we go, ahead. I do have something I want to really recommend. Yeah, take the floor, Stephanie. So, for those of you who haven't seen a movie that I personally spent a lot of time with growing up, um, called Drop Dead Fred. It actually has one of Carrie Fisher's 
most amazing on-screen moments. Um, the premise of a film is that a young Phoebe Cates goes through some shit in her life and her imaginary Fred, Drop Dead Fred, comes back to help her through it. And as an adult, her imaginary friend, you know, is not perceived very well by the rest of society. However, Carrie Fisher is her friend Janie, who is the best friend a girl could ever ask for. And because Fred is getting her into so much trouble, proceeds to effectively pretend to kind of believe in Fred for her sake and kick his ass so that he'll stop getting her in trouble. And I think because of her battles with mental illness, and sometimes that's how um, people interpret Drop Dead Fred, it's this really poignant moment where she's pretending to kick the shit out of an imaginary friend, not because she believes in him, not because it's going to do her any good, but because she wants to be a good friend and to support her friend at no amount of humiliation like to herself. She doesn't care. She's doing this because she's a really good friend and a good person, and it's a fantastic film moment, and I think a really great moment for Carrie Fisher as well. I haven't seen that movie. In so if you haven't seen it, ever, I I really really recommend it. Like it's so charming. Yeah, it's it's been a long time since I've seen it. I think the last it's just time- this great moment where she's like really going to town, like pretending to kick the shit out of this guy. If he had been a real person under her like attack, he'd be he'd dead. have been very sorry. <laughs> so it's really lovely, and and it's just a really I think a really nice manifestation of what I've always perceived Carrie Fisher to be like in real life. And from all the fantastic stories that um, her friends over the years have shared, um, it sounds like that's actually the friend that she really would have been. So That sounds sounds pretty accurate. A- Ashes, you had something to say? No. Oh, I thought you were gonna you were gonna talk about the uh, the results of our battle from last week. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about the battle, but you can take it away. Okay. So last week we talked about uh, the Schwartz versus the Force. Which one would you rather have? And by an overwhelming two-to-one margin, uh, people chose to uh, go with the Force. Not I legit don't even know what the Schwartz is. It's from Spaceballs. It's the oh, Mel right. version. Yeah, yes. that's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, so I think it was. Uh, it actually worked out well with the uh, book-ended episodes with Dark Helmet and... Uh, Princess Leia. Princess Leia. So we have the Schwartz and the Force in between the two episodes, so that actually worked out pretty well. So we'll uh, we'll announce the next battle next week. Uh, next week we will be. I can't believe the Schwartz lost. I though. know. <laughs> like, come on! Like, I, I I chose the Schwartz. I did too. And like, it was two to one. Are you guys serious? <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, I knew. No, no, no. no and I, I, this is why. Because the Schwartz requires less effort. Um, the Force takes years and years and years, like decades, to master. Like, Homegirl doesn't have time for that. <laughs> well, it depends on who you are. No, I knew I had that a That does depend on who you are. Yeah. yeah. I want to earn that shit. Well, plus, you know... And gain mastery over the Force. Some people are more naturally gifted with the Force than others. Yeah, I want to be able to see the future, see the past, be able to communicate with people across vast You just want midichlorians. Oh, that too. (laughs) I want to talk... And all I want is an Ewok. Well, with the Schwartz, you get a ring. Jewelry. the ring is bupkis. It comes in a... You got it in a Cracker Jack box. I don't care. If I had Ewoks, they could go steal rings for me. And you could convince them that C-3PO was magic. Plus, it's called a Schwartz. That's just funny. <laughs> funny. Yeah. Conversation of convincing. I, I wasn't surprised at the Force. I am one with the Schwartz. The Schwartz, the Schwartz is, is with, with me. me. 
I am one with the Schwartz. The Schwartz is with me. I was not overly surprised to see that happen. No, I'm not surprised either, but it would have been nice to have the Schwartz be the defeat. The, the May force. the Schwartz be, be with you. And, you know, a lot of the people that, that voted for the Force are also avid Spaceballs fans, so I'm not uh, not overly surprised. So, One more Carrie Fisher thing is sure. that they did um, kind of... Not announced today, but it was noted today that her urn is actually a huge Prozac pill. Yes, we, we, we were talking about, about that. That is so and that unbelievably fitting. In the Prozac pill with her mother, which is super charming. Yeah. Yes. So I think uh, with that being said, we're gonna. I have an announcement. Oh, oh yes, oh, yes. that's right. You have an yes. announcement. I forgot so, to remind you. In a couple of days, if you need to listen to something on a Monday, um, tune into Unchain. I will be. A guest host. I mean, yeah, a guest on that show. I've got a light a candle for you. I'm, <laughs> gonna, I'm sorry. She's going to go in the booth. Go, are you no, only in the booth? I'm not. I'm not. Oh. Nicole, I'll be here to protect you. Okay? Thank you. I appreciate it. So I got to deal protect with. Protect her from not going in the booth? Protecting me from the no, blue from smurf. Them. From yeah, them. I know. <laughs> <laughs> blue smurf. Christ, if they do anything to you, it's over. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be a good conversation. The gloves are coming off. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be a good time. We're going to talk about a really good movie. Um, Actually, the gloves are go on. I don't want to leave fingerprints. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm a little disappointed that no one uh, called uh, Patsy Princess Patsy tonight. Yeah, you know. He's not <laughs> a princess. First time. <laughs> you did That's not see. That's been clear. He has not had a Disney coronation. Like, I have a crown, and I was wearing a dress on New Year's, so... Was it yeah, wear the crown and, and have yeah, a moment, moment. princess. How it make me a princess too? Then he does. He does. I have some tiaras at home, and he likes to wear them occasionally. And he's like, "Am I a pretty princess?" <laughs> you don't know about my royal blood. No, but yes, yeah, so I know you. In, I know you haven't had a coronation at Disneyland. You don't. Know that <laughs> you don't know that for a fact. Of all people, you would never ever let us forget it. Well, maybe, you know, there's some intrigue. But he doesn't let us forget life. that he won the 20th. There's no intrigue. You'd find a way to make some terrible pun about it. No, <laughs> I don't do that. I make amazing puns. All right, can we end the show? Because I got to go pee. Yeah, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, listen to uh, Unchained. Pee for on, period for end of sentence. <laughs> Unchained on Monday. Yeah. Uh, listen for Nicole representing. Woo! She's going to step in the Pee for pray for Nicole. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we will uh, see, you see you next you Thursday. Next Thursday. Bye. We'll get her. <laughs>